imagine what it would have been like to live in Graceland and call it home, going on tour with Elvis Presley and knowing him as your own big brother. Billy Stanley doesn't have to imagine. He lived that life, and now he's ready to share this life with you. Be a part of the conversation. Get ready to laugh, cry, and celebrate Elvis here on Billy Stanley's Elvis My Brother podcast. Hey, all you Elvis fans. This is Janet Bostick. You might know me from my Facebook group, Elvis, A Celebration of the Man and His Music. I'm also head writer at TCB Radio Network. We're thrilled you're here with us today for the pilot episode of the Elvis My Brother podcast with Billy Stanley. On today's episode, we'll have the questions that many of you submitted at elvismybrothershow at gmail.com, and we'll get to those in a moment. But for now, here's the man of the hour, Billy Stanley. Hello, I'm Billy Stanley. Um, on July 3rd, 1960, my mom married Vernon Presley. That's when I became Elvis's stepbrother. Now, they actually came and picked us up at a boarding school. That's where my brothers and I were at while they were, my mom was getting a divorce and they were getting the marriage plans and everything like that together. They came and picked us up. It was either late April, late April or sometime in March. They picked us up. So we actually lived at Graceland before they got married. So that's how I became his stepbrother. And um, the funny thing is, is everybody says, well, what did you think? I, we, we didn't know who Elvis was. I mean, I was only seven years old at the time. And there was no such thing as MTV or anything like that. And then come a strict, from a strict military background, we, you know, we rarely ever heard a radio or saw a TV. So we didn't have any idea who he was. And then our education started. And, uh, you know, it, it, in this show, wh what we're going to do is we're going to give the fans a perspective that they've never had a chance to do before. You're going to they're going to get to see Elvis through my eyes. So you're going to get to know Elvis as a brother. Hence, Elvis, my brother. So that's what we're going to give the fans is that unique opportunity. Plus, we're going to have some great guests, uh, you know, answer questions. We're even going to have a contest. Uh, we will go into that later, but uh, it's going to be a good, fun, positive show about Elvis. That's what this is all about. That's great. Do you remember the first time that you met Elvis? Yeah. Um, when they uh, picked us up from, it was a... Uh, boarding school called Breezy Point Farm in uh, Virginia. They picked us up and on the way they kept telling us about this new guy, our new big brother. And here again, we didn't know who he was. So as we, as we got, it was a pretty much an all day drive to get there. And we got there, we got at Graceland at night. So when we got to the gates of Graceland, mom woke us up and Vernon said, welcome to your new home. Now, when they opened those gates, 
and that we drove through, it was like my, my life went from military green to technicolor. It was a whole different world that I didn't know anything about. But when I saw that mansion, the only thing I could equate it to was I had seen while I was in the boarding school, uh, Walt Disney, the TV show that used to come on. And at the beginning, it showed Tinkerbell flying around in the castle. That's what it looked like to me, a castle. And I even made a comment. I said, that looks like a castle. And I said, does a king live here? And uh, Vernon just kind of laughed a little bit and said, some people say that. So we, we go into the house and uh, we meet Alberta first. That was the maid that worked there. And she was fussing all over us. Do you want anything to eat? And, you know, all this. No, no, no. And he said, well, Elvis is downstairs waiting on you. So we walk down the stairs, the one where all the mirrors are, that everybody on their tour gets to go down those stairs. And we go down and we take a right to the pool room and when we walked to the pool room there was a big crowd of people and all i all i heard remember hearing was a boy say eight ball in a corner pocket and you could hear this him make the shot and evidently he made it because everybody applauded and then as soon as that happened everybody just kind of parted and there standing at the end of the pool table was elvis and he sees me ricky and david and my mom and, and vernon we're standing at the end he walks over and he said, Daddy, what have we got here? He said, Elvis, these are your new little brothers. He reaches down and picks all three of us up at one time and said, Daddy, I always want a little brother. Now I got three. So that was my introduction to Elvis. What year was that? Yeah, that was 1960. Okay. How I knew this guy was something different. I mean, I could tell there was something special about this guy just by looking at him when I was seven years old. I didn't know what it was, but I thought this guy is neat. So <clears throat> uh, he, after that happened, uh, he kind of dismissed uh, mom and Vernon. Said, y'all go ahead, go, go get something to eat, go rest, whatever you got to do. I want to play with the boys a little while. So he, that night he started showing us how to play pool. We didn't know what it was. And, you know, we tried, you know, we did the best we could, but he basically was talking to us, asking us, you know, what kind of toys we like and stuff like this. So he said, oh, you know, the arrangement he made with my mom and uh, Vernon was I'll tuck them in. So when it was bedtime, we go upstairs. And, you know, he's he's there while we're doing our pajamas and brushing our teeth. And then we're standing on the bed, jumping up and down on it. You know, <laughs> and he's going, OK, boys. Uh, it's time to go to bed. And he said, have you forgotten anything? And we said, oh, we changed pajamas and we brushed our teeth. He said, have you said your prayers? No. He said, okay. He said, come kneel with me. So we get at the end of the bed. Now this, the bed is never, hasn't changed. The one that is grandma's room that everybody sees, the purple room. That's where we stay. That's where my brothers and I stayed when we first moved there. So you got a picture Elvis kneeling at the end of the bed with me, Ricky, and David beside him. And I'll never forget this prayer. It was, Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the stay and for all your many blessings. Thank you for bringing these boys into my life. I promise to love and take care of them for the rest of my life. And when he said that, I just kind of looked up at him and I put my arm up on his back and he kind of teared up a little bit. You know, he's so he said, Okay, boys. <clears throat> So he put us in the bed and then uh, 
we went to sleep. And something I didn't know that, you know, we found out later that Elvis really wasn't a morning person. But he came running into our room the next day saying, come on, boys, we got to go. We got to go. And, you, you know, we didn't know what was going on. It was like a fire drill or something. <laughs> so we, my brothers and I, we was trying to get dressed, you know, change your clothes. He says, you don't have time for that. So he grabs David and puts him up on his shoulders and takes me and Rick by the hand. And we run out to the backyard. When we get there, there's three of every kind of toy you can think of. Everything that we had talked about that night was sitting right there. And it was like, I, I looked up at him like, this guy's Santa Claus. <laughs> You know, and I mean, here it is in March, you know, April. I'm like, wow. And I said, whose toys are those? And he said, they're yours. I said, can we play with them? He said, Billy, they're yours. You go play with them. So we ran over to the toys and he was with us. So all that day, he spent that day with us just playing with the toys. And, you know, he, there was a bicycle there with training wheels on it. And I said, who's this? He said, that's yours. I said, I don't need training wheels. He just laughed. Okay, little man, we'll take them off. So he had somebody go get a wrench and Elvis and I took the wheels off and I'm riding a bike. Now you got a picture of this in the grass and Elvis is following along behind me. And I kept looking back. He said, don't look at me. Just keep going forward. He said, you'll wreck if you do that. And so, I mean, that, that had to be a heck of a picture to see right there. Elvis following us around with bikes. So It's quite a playground, huh? Yeah, well, 14 <laughs> acres, you know, it was a great place to grow up. You know, it was it was definitely a, a big culture shock for my brothers and I coming from, you know, not having anything to next thing you know, I mean, 14 acres to us was like, that was our whole world right there, was that 14 acres. And when we got there, they had all these animals, you know, there was like, a, a lot of people don't know, but there used to be like a little pond down there where the, uh, you see the small barn, and where the fences joined together, but there was a little pond there when there was there was ducks, chickens, guinea hens, uh, a mule, uh, peacocks. I mean, it was like, wow, look at all these animals. And then there was a couple of dogs. I mean, one of the trivia questions I asked was, what was the collie, collie's name that Elvis had in 1960? Nobody knows the answer, really. I mean, but I tell them that his name was Rebel. So we played with Rebel. Uh, we used to Uncle Bester at the time was the groundskeeper. So we followed him around pretty much during the daytime. It was, you know, th that was the way to explore. Um, that's when we got introduced to the fans. And it's funny. We were out in the backyard playing. And we saw these people in the trees. You know, they're up there looking in the backyard. Um. So the first time we saw them, we go in the house because the kid, they, hey, kid, come here. So we'd walk over toward the fence and, who are you? Well, my name is Billy. And, you uh, know, what are you doing here? I live here. And they go, what? How do you live here? Oh, well, my mom and dad came and picked us up and we live here. Okay. Is Elvis here? And if he was home, which he was the first time, he said, would you go get him? I mean, there was several of them. And I said, sure. So I walk in. I said, Elvis, there's people in the trees outside that want to see you. And he started laughing. He said, tree people, huh? I said, yeah. So he said, okay, Billy. He takes me by the hand. And I walk him over to where they was at. And, um, yeah, he, he starts talking to him. 
And they said, who's he? And he said, oh, that's my little brother, Billy. You know, he signs a few autographs and he's talking to the fans. And then uh, as we was walking away, I, I'm trying to wind people up in the trees. He's uh, just people want to see me. And I mean, here again, I didn't know who he was. You know, I still didn't. I mean, it took me going to school one day. <clears throat> I, I always went in the pink Cadillac. So I started getting attention right away when you get go to school in Cadillac. <laughs> so I, I kept hearing all these people. That's that's Elvis's stepbrother. Blah blah blah. You know. Uh, so I, here again, I didn't equate it, but that's my you know Vernon always said, or I'm just going to say Daddy from now on. Okay, so everybody know who I'm talking about. Daddy said, always come to the pink Cadillac. I said, yes, sir. So one day after school. I get out and I see there's a lot of people around it, students and teachers and uh, parents. So um, I'm going, what, what's this all about? So I walk, as I get closer to the car, I can see it's Elvis and he sees me. So he reaches over, opens the door and I get in. I'm looking at him. And I'm looking at all the people around. And I said, what's this? He, he first, he says, how was your day at school? And I said, it was good. I said, what are all these people doing? He's, I'm just signing autographs. I said, what's an autograph? He said, that's where you put your name on a piece of paper. Uh, okay. And that's when he said, would any of you girls or anybody like to have my little brother's autograph? And there were squeals, all the girls, oh, yeah, yeah. You know. So, so he hands me a piece of paper. And I reach in my book bag. And I, I, the first thing I find was a red crown. And I'm just now learning how to write. I'm in the first grade. So I just... Billy, I'd hand it back to him. <laughs> and so after we signed a few autographs, Elvis said, okay, I got to go. And he said, would y'all kind of, you know, keep an eye out for my little brother. He said, he's new here, you know, he'd like to, you know, doesn't have any friends. So, you know, kind of help him out a little bit. And everybody said, yeah. And then there was a couple of girls said, if you ever need any babysitters, let us know. And he said, okay, sweetie, I will. And those girls just started squealing again. <laughs> so we we're pulling off. And I'm trying to just process this in my little seven-year-old brain. What's just going, just happened here? And I said, are you famous or something? He kind of smiles. He said, well, some people think I am. I said, okay. And I'm trying to think, okay, who's he more famous than? And the only person I knew that was famous, I said, are you more famous than Mickey Mouse? And he kind of laughs this time. He said, well, some people think I am. <laughs> And so he said, I'll tell you what. He said, I'll get daddy to show you some of my movies and play some of my records for you. And then that's when the education, Elvis education started. That's when I started learning who he was. But by the time I'd you know, figured out what he was and what he did for a living, it didn't matter by that time. He was just my brother then. So that's the way I looked at him. I don't see him the way the Elvis fans do. Yeah, I mean, later on when I'd go to work and I went to all these concerts, and I would see the people and all this, but I just didn't seem like they did, you know. I, to me, he was just a neat big brother. That's what he was to me, you know. And he happened to be a superstar. And that's what this program will do is we'll start from the very beginning and we'll go all the way through my life and how that transition. And so everybody else will get that opportunity to see what it was like.
some questions that people have sent in, and uh, they'd like to they'd like to hear what you have to say. Okay. Um, Kim Hausman asked this. Hi, Billy. I read a lot of your stories and I enjoy them. But my question is, how old were you before you realized who Elvis Presley really was, besides being your big brother? Uh, thanks for the question, Kim Hausman. Um, and thanks for reading the stories. I would say I was probably around 11 years old. It was, it was when the Beatles came out. And I, they were on Ed Sullivan. And I saw them and I saw, wow, these guys are, you know, I thought they were great. I mean, that's what was what turned me on to music. And when they came to our house on Dolan, uh, and that's a story we'll go into down the road, but they actually came to the house to ask Vernon or daddy if they could go to, I mean, they stopped at Graceland and they said, you need to go talk to uh, Mr. Presley, which is Vernon. So they came to our house and they asked permission if they could go with well, the road manager asked Brian Epstein asked if they could go and get their picture taken at Graceland. When that happened right there, I went, he must really be big because I thought the Beatles were the biggest thing in the world. But when they come to my house and ask permission to go take a picture, they just want their picture taken in front of Elvis's house. Okay. This guy is big. And I mean, that's when I started realizing it. And that the thing about Elvis and stardom was he always downplayed it. He always said, Billy, it's just a job. He said, a dish digger is just as important as anybody else. And, you know, he just, he always downplayed it. He just, it's just a job, Billy. And, you know, those people are no better than anybody else. And so that's the way I grew up is, and I mean, I got to meet a lot of famous people. But, you know, I, I didn't gush all over them or anything like that. You know, now, inside my mind, I was probably doing something. But outside, I was just, how you doing? Nice to meet you. You know, that way. So I knew at about that time is when I realized he's really big. Okay, we have an, another question. Um, this is from Joan Bauman. Joan says, uh, Billy, when you had the NDA, um, and went to heaven and saw Elvis. While you were there, what color was his hair? Uh, hello, Joan Bauman. Thanks for the question. Um, when I had that near-death experience, Elvis looked, I mean, because a lot of people have asked me, what did he look like? Uh, he looked like he did when he was 25 years old when I first saw him. That's what he looked like. And when I, this experience, everybody's wearing white. And so it, and it's not a white jumpsuit or anything like that. No, it's just all white. But uh, he looked like he did when the first time I met him. I mean, he, he, was, he was happy. You know, I mean, well, if you're in heaven, everybody's happy. Okay. So, you know, it, but it was great. To, and since that time, it used to kind of always kind of bother me going through Graceland. And I would, you know, be standing at the gravesite. But now when I go, it's like there's a relief in my mind that I know I know where he's at and I'm happy that he's there and he's watching over all of us. I mean, because the thing he told me before I, before I came back, I mean, he looked at me and I mean, the great thing about heaven is you don't have to move your mouth or, you know, you can hear their thoughts. And what he said was, tell my family 
my friends and my fans. I love them. I'll see them when they get here. Just think of all these Elvis fans that are happy now that have passed on. Guess who met them? Elvis. Kathy Wallace has a couple of questions. Uh, one, she says, did Elvis own a pair of blue suede shoes? <laughs> hey, Kathy, uh, good question. Um, I did see some. I mean, I don't know if they were suede, but they were blue. And it had a little gold. It's like some loafers. And they had, it was like a little gold thing that said EP on it. But they were blue. But he had several other different colors, too, like that. And, you know, some black ones, white ones. But he did have a pair of blue ones. Yes. I don't know if they were suede, but I did see them. <laughs> well, Kathy also wants to know, um, could you tell us a little about Elvis's pets? Did he have a favorite pet? And can you tell us about his horses, too? Okay, pets. Well, when he first got there, or when we first moved to Graceland, I, took, I said Rebel was a collie. Now, there was also a Basset Hound. I don't remember his name, but he was me. He didn't last too long because he chased my brothers and I one time and almost, you know, we was up in a tree. <laughs> oh, gosh. And they came out and saw, you know, he was down below the tree. So they got rid of him after that. Um, then he started, let's see. I mean, they, he had a, a great Pyrenees named Muffin. I'm trying to name it, think of all these dogs because he had a lot of dogs. Get low. Get low was probably his favorite as far as pets, you know. And of course, all the horses. I mean, I mean, that's gonna be one of our little, we're gonna have a trivia uh contest and we'll see who all knows all the names to the horses, not the ones after Elvis passed away. I'm talking about the ones that were there before Elvis passed away. And I'm yeah, he gave me a horse. And uh, I named it Flaming Star because she had a star on her forehead. So, and she was all brown, beautiful horse. So I called her Flaming Star. Jackie Jones has a question. Jackie says, I've been listening to Elvis radio on Sirius XM. And today I heard Fever with Elvis and Michael Buble. I don't really care for it. <laughs> what do you think Elvis would think of these duets? I really like the ones where Lisa is singing with him. Okay, Jackie. Good question, Jackie. I always seem to get in a lot of trouble when I answer these questions here. And But here's the way I, the best way for me to answer it. If Elvis wanted to do duets, he would have done them when he was alive. His music was something that was, that was his business and he took his business serious. And you didn't mess with his music. So, no, I don't think he'd like it at all. I don't care. I mean, yeah, with Lisa, that would be one thing, but nobody else. No, that leads us into that. What was it? Not a few years ago, they came out with the one with the symphony, the symphony behind it. Oh, the wonder of you. The, yeah. With the and, Royal, uh, Royal you know, Philharmonic. People asked me if I heard it and all that. I, you know, I, I, no, I didn't, didn't, but I gave it a listen on YouTube and I just went, Oh man, here they go. They're messing with his music. And he would roll over in his grave when that happened. Because that's one thing you did not. I mean, he did it perfect the first time. We don't, you can't make it any better. That's like putting more paint on a Rembrandt. That's what you're doing. So leave it alone. Don't mess with it. It's perfect the way it already is. 
Now that, that brings us to another thing. He would never listen to his music. And I asked him once, I said, why, how come you don't do that? And he said, I, when I listen to it, Billy, he said, I always know I can do a better job. And it makes me want to go, okay, let's do it again. And he said, so I quit listening to it <laughs> because, you know, I'm not happy. I can do it better. I know I can. <laughs> so he said, that's why I don't listen to it. Good answer, Elvis. All right. The next question is uh, from Sharon O'Brien. Sharon says, Sharon. hi, Billy. I would love to hear stories about Elvis meeting his fans at Graceland and his other homes and movie sets. We are totally unique. No other entertainer will ever have fans like Elvis, as you know. I'm covered in Elvis tattoos, and that's my way of showing my love for Elvis. Is it also true that Elvis thought he would be forgotten? Hopefully, we'll see you in August if we're allowed to fly. Hey, Sharon, thanks for the question. That's uh, her and her friend. I used to call them the uh, British Invasion, uh, Veronica, which she sadly passed away this year. Um, and she is really missed. Um, Elvis had a love of, I mean, you know, a lot of people always question, you know, say, well, his love life wasn't the best. It was too. He had a love affair that never failed him, and that was his fans. Uh, he would go out of their way. I mean, out of his way for them. I mean, because, you know, it's like there was several references I heard him make when I was growing up. Somebody would say something about the fans and, it, you know, he'd get a little upset and say, well, you know, they're the ones that put me here where I'm at today. You know, so he loved them with all of his heart and soul. Uh, there was a guy that he came on and he was a new guy. And, uh, me, Ricky, and David, and Elvis were downstairs shooting pool. And he came in and we said, hey, how are you doing? He's uh, doing it pretty good. He said, but those people down at the gate kind of held me up. As soon as he said that, as soon as that last word cleared his mouth, I was already walking toward him, going to grab him and walk him out of the room because I knew what was about to happen next. Elvis said, what do you mean, those people? He said, those are my fans. I love them with all my heart and soul. They put me here. They're paying your salary. You understand? I mean, Elvis lit into this guy. I mean, he, I'm not going to repeat what he said, but he said some words. And I'm going, man, you know, I'm just hanging my head. I'm trying to get him out. He said, no, Billy, leave me. Because I thought Elvis was going to get upset enough to where he wanted to hit him. But I was going to go, no, Elvis, I'll do it for you. <laughs> so uh, when he finished, I took him by the arm and walked him outside. And I said, man, don't you ever do that again. I said, that's one thing. I've seen him do this. I'm not going to mention who their name is. But he did. He lit into that person, somebody that nobody would expect. And uh that was the last time anybody said anything negative or it wasn't even negative. It was just the way he said it, you know, uh, but you know, he, he loved his fans. They, they were the most important thing in the world to him. And I mean, it was so important to him that when the book that uh, red and Sonny and them came out with, that's the first thing that crossed it. What are my fans going to think? He thought right then and there, his career was over. 
that nobody was going to ever remember him. If they did, it wouldn't be in a good light because of what was going to be said in that book. He saw it before it actually came out. And so he thought he was, it was pretty much over with at that time. And shortly he died, you know, before he had to make another public appearance when that book was out. So, no, he didn't ever think any, any people would remember. Not, not, not like the way they do now. No, he never thought that. Well, this is the final question I have. So that's. <laughs> and I don't have a name on this. The person did not give their name. So anonymous. Okay. It's an anonymous question. Okay. Hi, Billy. Hi, Billy. My question is after Elvis passed away, how many people in the Elvis circle did you keep in touch with? I'm sure I've heard the answer before, but I can't remember. Thank you. Uh, thanks for the a question anonymously or whoever that was that asked that question. Um, when Elvis passed away, it was like everybody went through different. He was the hub that held everybody together, everybody that worked for him. He was the hub that held everybody together. When he passed away, everybody just went, bam, a million different directions. Uh, you know, I did, I wasn't in touch with anybody. You know, uh, I would see him every now and then someplace. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, we called each other very often. It was just if we happened to meet, it, like, I mean, everybody kind of started coming together when they had these Elvis functions and stuff. But uh, that's about the only time I saw him was, you know, during a period like that. I mean, I did go see Sonny before he passed away, Sonny West. Um, I got to see Joe before he passed away and that when I was working for Elvis, that was Joe's assistant. That was my official duty and Elvis's personal aid. So, but, um, I would, I, everybody just kind of went their different direction. You know, it was like, you know, I got to see Linda a couple of times shortly afterwards. Uh, she was on the hee-haw and I would go, I went to go see that one time in Nashville and saw her there. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just now, a lot of people I'm just now getting in contact with again, like with Linda and uh, let's see, Billy Smith, you know, I, I got to see them not long ago. I love seeing them, you know, Billy and Joe are the greatest. So, <laughs> you know, love them and Danny and Joey love them too. And that that's pretty much it. This is Janet Bostic telling you thank you for joining us today. You've been a beautiful audience. We'll see you next time on the Elvis My Brother podcast with Billy Stanley. Okay, fans. Uh, have you ever had a question about Elvis but were afraid to ask? Well, here's your opportunity. Send your question to Elvis, my brother, show at gmail.com. And I'll be happy to answer that question the best way I can. And please do so because, I mean, we, we get a lot of questions. So be sure to send it in fast so we can get to it. And I promise you, we will try to get to all of your questions. And thank you for watching our show, uh, The Pilot. And get ready. Hang on, ladies and gentlemen, because I'm going to take you on a ride you'll never forget. 
Elvis My Brother podcast is an unofficial publication and is not in any way affiliated with Elvis Presley Enterprises or any of its affiliates or subsidiaries. All opinions stated within do not necessarily reflect the opinions of anyone else and certainly not those of Elvis Presley Enterprises. All trademarks, product names, company names, and logos mentioned, displayed, cited, or otherwise indicated are the property of their respective owners. All views expressed are those of the respective speaker.